Well, good Friday evening, everyone. It's good to see everybody here tonight. So would you uh, pray with me as we open up the service tonight? Thank you, Lord, for this good Friday evening. I pray that you would teach us and guide us this evening. I pray that as we talk about your last days and hours before going to the cross, we will have a good reminder of the sacrifice you made for us. Please help us to prepare our hearts for taking communion together as well. Show us the things we need to confess and lay at your feet. We commit this evening to you, and we thank you for being with us. Amen. All right. Well, it is good to see everybody here tonight. And uh, the, the title of tonight's message is, Proclaim His Death Until He Comes. Now, if you came this evening this evening hoping to hear an inspiring message that's uplifting, you might be a little bit disappointed listening to me telling you to proclaim Christ's death until he comes. It doesn't sound very uplifting or inspiring. You might think a better title would be to proclaim Christ's life until he comes, or maybe proclaim his resurrection until he comes. Friday, Proclaiming his death until he comes is just what we need to hear. So we'll hear about his resurrection and new life in Christ as the weekend progresses. Hopefully you'll be here on Easter Sunday for for those services as well. So I'm going to start by opening our text in 1 Corinthians 11. And if you want to look at that, you can do that. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. These verses, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church. And one of the things he writes is his instructions for communion. And he explains the purpose at the end. And we're going to read the first three verses a little bit later when we take communion together. But I'm going to start, and I'm going to focus just on verse 26 for now. So in verse 26 it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's break that down a little bit. I know it's only one verse, but it says, as often as you. Now notice it doesn't say, if you eat this bread and drink this cup, it says, as often as you. Christ taught that, uh, that it's something that believers in him should do to remember. So it's something that we should practice and do often. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, so eating and drinking together is Christians gathering together in community, something that we do together, not individuals, not that you couldn't do it, individually, but it's something that we do together, and it's Christians doing that, celebrating together. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim. Proclaim is remind each other and tell others. Everyone should know. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Time to reflect and remember his sacrifice and remember the significance of whose death we are proclaiming. 
And lastly, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And this is a reminder. It's a reminder that he's coming back. And it's also for a, a reminder for us to be expectantly ready for his return. So what happens? Proclaim his death. We can wander. We can wander away from Christ. We can forget. It surprises me after seeing God answer prayers in my life and seeing his goodness to me that I can still question and doubt him at times. And I can... and. Uh, Sometimes I have doubts, and sometimes I even wonder if he hears my prayers. I can wander, and you can too. I'm surprised how soon that we can forget. In just a little while, we're going to sing the hymn, Come Thou Fount. And when we sing, there's a verse that says, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. It's easy for us to wander, especially if we're not rooted and grounded in Christ. So what can we do so we don't wander away from the truth? So that we don't wander from Christ? We need to be anchored in prayer and reading his word, fellowshipping with other believers and obeying his instructions. We need to be continually reminded of Jesus' teaching and examples for us to follow so that we don't wander. Another way to keep us from wandering is to address our doubts. It's not unusual to have doubts. Even Jesus' disciples had doubts. They doubted Jesus at the Last Supper. They doubted Jesus in the garden um, when when he took them there to pray. They doubted at the crucifixion. They even doubted at the resurrection. You may have doubts too. You may have some hard questions. It's not wrong to ask questions or to deal with doubts. It's good to talk about them with the intent of finding the truth. Sometimes we really hard questions. Does Christ really understand my struggles? Is God really good? Why do bad things happen to good people? Is God real or relatable? Why is there so much suffering in the world? These are all good questions, and they need to be answered. And it's, and it's tough sometimes when we have doubts. And have you ever noticed that often when bad things happen... God is often the one who gets blamed. And when good things happen, God rarely gets the credit. The world's problems are a result of a fallen, sinful world and fallen, sinful people, just like us. It's hard to confidently proclaim his death until he comes when we have doubts and questions. Christ wants to show us how to overcome our doubts. He will use others to help us with our doubts. If we really want to know answers, we need to go to the Word of God, the Bible, to find truth and direction for our lives. So why 
should we proclaim Christ's death until to be intentional. That particular Friday wasn't a day that Jesus would dread. I doubt he was looking forward to suffering, but he knew his purpose for going to the cross. He was intentional. In Luke 9.51 it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He knew, he knew the events that were about to take place for him in Jerusalem. He knew why he came and he was determined to fulfill his purpose for coming. So what was the purpose for Good Friday? Why did Christ suffer and die on a cross? It was to pay a penalty for our sins and to make the way to offer salvation for those who repent of their sins and put their trust in him. Now obviously this is a huge reason why we celebrate this season but what motivated Jesus to endure such suffering on our behalf? When faced with the reality of what he was about to go through, he was faced with a choice, whether or not to submit to God and obey even unto death. He took his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and in Matthew 26, 39, it says, after going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. No one has ever been tested to the extreme that Jesus was. No one has ever borne the weight of the sins of the world and to have the Father remove his presence from them like Jesus did. If there would have been another way other than the cross, I'm sure Jesus would have preferred that, but he knew that he needed to obey the One very important lesson that we can learn from Jesus on that Good Friday was to obey the Father no matter what. We could have an interesting discussion about which was more important, Jesus dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins or to obey the Father. All of history and our faith would have been very different today if Jesus had not chosen to obey. It was through Christ's obedience that we can be free from the sin and death and have access to the salvation he offers us and an eternal home in heaven with Christ. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 says, Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Christ was fully obedient, and that is another reason why we should proclaim his death until he comes. The next is, recognizing Christ's obedience helps us to see that he is relatable. Jesus, 
Jesus didn't just tell us to obey the Father. He showed us how to obey the Father. As I've studied verses starting with the Last Supper and ending with the crucifixion, I made a list of many of the things that Jesus experienced. And I was surprised how many trials he endured in such a short time in order to obey the Father. As I'm reading this list, I'd like you to think about what is your biggest obstacle? What's your biggest question? What's your biggest doubt? Do you see God as relatable? Is Christ relatable? Is there something that's keeping you from taking steps of obedience and experiencing all that Christ died for you to have? I will read this list in the form of a question, in form of questions, to remind us that no matter what our life circumstances are, Jesus has been there and is relatable. Excuse me. In the last days and hours that preceded Jesus' death on the cross, he experienced the following. Have you ever been misunderstood, disrespected, abused, mocked, or rejected? Jesus was. Have you ever experienced sadness, suffering, insults, or loss? Jesus did. He knows what it's like to lose everything. Have you ever been subjected to humiliation, ridicule, abandonment, or exposure? Jesus has. Have you felt lonely, lied to, let down, shamed, or tempted? Jesus felt them. Have you ever been exposed to extreme stress, cruel people, difficult choices, or unjust treatment? Jesus can relate. Have your actions, your character, your identity, or your motives ever been questioned or doubted? Jesus were. Have people not been there in your hour of need, conspired behind your back, falsely accused you, or stolen from you even the clothes off your back? Jesus died for people like that. Have you ever been assaulted by being mobbed, slapped, beaten, or spit on? Jesus endured them all. How about this? Will you ever experience spiritual darkness, the presence of evil, agony, or separation from God? I hope not, but Jesus did. Hopefully none of you will ever experience being condemned, bound, sentenced to death, subjected to the powers of darkness, scourging, or crucifixion, but Jesus was. 
And what was Jesus' response to all that, that he was subjected to on the cross on that Friday, dying moments? Forgiveness. He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Offer of salvation to a repentant thief dying on a cross beside him. Responsibility for his mother's care to a disciple, to, uh, to one of his disciples. Complete submission to, to the Father. Into your hands I commit my, my spirit. And then finally, it is finished. He completed the work that he came to do. Friday was a very sobering day, and yet a day for us to remember and to proclaim his death until he comes. Excuse me, throat's dry tonight. <laughs> because of what Jesus did on Good Friday, we have the good news, the gospel. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is the gospel. He made the way to give us access to the Father, and he invites us into relationship with him. His obedience and unconditional love was on display on Good Friday. What Jesus endured for us, why should we proclaim his death until he comes? So that we remember how much Christ sacrificed because of his love for us. Why should we proclaim his death until he comes? So that we don't wander or allow the enemy to plant doubts in our minds to oppose God's truth. And if we have doubts, what should we do? We should bring our doubts to him or talk to someone about them. Why should we proclaim his death until he comes? It helps us to obey, knowing that he is trustworthy and he will lead us as we take steps towards obedience. Is there something that something you know you should do, but you just don't want to do it? Like getting your heart right with God, or giving him your life, or getting baptized. Is there something that you know that you need to do? Why should we proclaim his death until he comes? To remind us that he is relatable. No matter what your experience is, Jesus has experienced it already. And he will help us through any circumstances. Lastly, why should we proclaim his death until he comes? Because if you know that your life is not right with God, would you, t would you consider taking a bold step tonight and taking, an taking the invitation to come to him? We would be glad to pray with you. Now, as we prepare to take communion, we need a little bit of time to reflect. So, I'm going to do a little analogy. I want to pretend like this bucket is your mind. Now, today and throughout the last week, you've been putting stuff in your mind. What have you been putting in your mind? No one knows what you've been putting in your mind. Only you know what you've been putting in your mind. 
Now, hopefully, you've been putting in pure thoughts and God's word, things that will help you to have a closer walk with Christ. But realistically, we put lots of things in our mind, sometimes things that are not very good. Sometimes we put in bad attitudes, impure thoughts, lots of things that are not good for us to have in our minds. And then sometimes we like to hold on to things like bitterness, anger, lust, unforgiveness. Sometimes there are things that we're just reluctant to let go of, and it all gets mixed together. Anybody thirsty? <laughs> There's someone else who knows what's in our minds. God knows what's in our minds. He knows everything that's in our minds, and he loves us anyway. The Holy Spirit knows what's in our minds, and he prompts us to let go. Jesus knows what's in our minds, and he wants, us, wants to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So think about, are there any, is there anything that you're holding on to that tonight would be a good night to let go of? To come before the Lord and, and ask him for cleansing and forgiveness? So would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can come before you on this Good Friday and remember the great sacrifice that you made for us so that we would have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven and to have you live inside us. We thank you that we can celebrate this season together and remind each other why you went to the cross. We thank you that you help us even when we wander, even when we doubt, even when we question you. We pray that you would give us strength to trust you and strength to obey you. As we pre prepare our hearts for communion, help us to reflect on your un unconditional love and help us to humble ourselves and repent of our sins. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.